Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Kellogg's Pep! The Super Delicious Cereal presents The Adventures of Superman! Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, and today the man of steel must find the means of tracing Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. We'll join him as Clark Kent in a moment, but right now let's join a certain young fellow named Rusty, who seems to be kind of discouraged. Let's hear what Dan McCullough has to say to him. Hey, Rusty, uh, what's the matter with you? Oh. Uh, Why, you've been grumping around here all afternoon. What's the beat? Well, I missed out on something. Something you wanted pretty bad? Yeah, one of those comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out. One I need in my collection. Well, uh, how'd you miss out? Well, all I wanted was to trade with Skinny. That's all I wanted. He went and traded with Sue instead. But Skinny wouldn't leave you out. Well, I've got two Smoky Stover buttons, see, and I need a Moon Mullen for a Superman. Yeah? So Skinny goes and swaps Sue as extra Superman for a Smoky Stover. And I wanted that trade. But look, Rusty, did Skinny know that you had an extra Smoky Stover button? Well, no. And uh, did he know that you needed a Superman? No, but... Well, then how could he know that, he wa- that, that, that you wanted him to trade? Say, that's right. I never thought of that. Why, sure. Every fellow and girl knows that you... Well, you have to sort of spread the word around when you have duplicate comic buttons to trade so that you... Well, you don't take any chances on missing out. Because every fellow and girl wants, eventually, to collect all 18 different buttons in the series. And you can do that, too. Sure, easy as anything. You don't send in any money, not even a box top. Fact is, you can't buy these exciting comic buttons anywhere. But you'll find one, an exclusive prize, in every package of P.E.P. Pet, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Just as Superman seemed on the verge of learning what had happened to Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, who had mysteriously disappeared after Lois's Siamese cat had seemingly spoken to them in a human voice, grim tragedy intervened. A moment after his discovery that the gold wristwatches presented to the Daily Planet staff by Mr. Grayson, publisher of the paper, contained tiny, ingeniously designed radio receivers, Clark Kent, in his role of Superman, spotted a black funeral hearse speeding away from the vicinity of his apartment. Pursuing it in the dark hours before dawn, he was just too late to prevent a traffic crash in which the driver of the hearse was killed. As we continue now at the scene of the accident, the police have removed the dead driver. And having summoned Perry White and Inspector Henderson to the scene, Kent is pointing out a discovery he made in the wrecked hearse. Listen. Shine your flashlight over here, Inspector. Now, a little more to the right. That's it. Hey, what's the... What's this doing in a funeral hearse, Kent? You mean that pile of junk? Oh, what is it? That's a radio transmitter, Chief. A radio transmitter? Uh That's what it is, all right. What's left of it. But, but what would... Wait a minute. You said you saw this hearse near your apartment tonight, Kent. Yes, I noticed it speeding away after Lois's cat stopped talking. Oh, then this transmitter could be the one that... that That's right. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about what? It's the cat's voice. Uh The cat's voice. We haven't had a chance to tell you yet, Inspector. 
Lois is tying these cats spoke to me tonight. What? Yes, it told Kent I was responsible for Lois and Jimmy's disappearance. And that I intended to get rid of him, too. It wasn't really the cat speaking, of course. It was... It was, it wasn't. Great G. How's that? Can't you make up your mind? Well, perhaps I'd better explain. Perhaps you'd better and make it good. I can't make it any better than it is. The human voice that Lois and Jim and Mr. White thought came from the cat was broadcast from the shortwave radio transmitter in this funeral hearse. And it was received by our wristwatch. Uh-huh. By your what? Uh, now, look. Is there something wrong with your hearing, Inspector? No, but I think there's something wrong with your head. Now, look here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You see, Inspector, the four of us, Mr. White, Miss Lane, Jim Olson, and myself, received gold wristwatches for Christmas. Mr. White's and mine, and I'm sure Miss Lane's and Jim's, too, were equipped with tiny radio receivers. Are you kidding? I'll show him, Ken. I'm just going to. Here, wait a minute. You can see for yourself, Inspector. I'll just remove the back of this watch. There. Shine your flash on it. Great G. Hossifat. See it? Those little glass gimmicks are the two. Right, and that's the speaker amplifier. Yeah, yes, you're right, Ken. This is a miniature receiving set. Of course it is. It picked up the voice that was broadcast from this phony hearse. And when Miss Lane was alone with a Siamese cat, and later when Jim was, and then Mr. White, they thought the cat was speaking. Oh, it almost drove me out of my mind. That probably was the purpose of the whole thing. What do you mean, Kent? I believe the talking cat, voices in the deserted house on Myrtle Drive, and all the other hocus-pocus was deliberately planned to confuse us and make us think we were losing our reason. Say, wait a minute. You said somebody gave you these wristwatches for Christmas. Uh-huh. Who was it? Uh, Mr. Grayson, the publisher of the planet. John W. Grayson? Yes. Oh, but he can't be mixed up in anything like this. Of course not. Look, Inspector, the motive isn't the important thing right now. We've got to find out what happened to Jim and Lois and where they are. The driver of this hearse knew, but he's dead. Now, you've just got to identify him and trace this hearse. My men are working on it. But there are a few things about this setup and your story, White, that don't satisfy me. What do you mean? All of you thought the voices you heard came from the cat, right? No, I didn't, but what's your point? Well, actually, the voices came from the radio receivers and your wristwatches. Yes. And for you to think that they came from the cat, the cat had to be close to one of the watches. That's right. Well, it was. I was in bed reading, and it was crouching next to me when it, uh, I mean, when I, I, I thought it talked. Then how could the guy in the hearse, the guy who was doing the broadcasting, know when each of you was alone with the cat, and whether or not it was close to you? Mm, that's right. Well, how could he, Kent? Well, he must have had a Confederate posted somewhere. You see, it's my hunch that the man in the coupe who followed us from your house tonight, Chief, was a lookout. Yes, that adds up. Yeah, sounds pretty far-fetched to me. Whoa. If you want my opinion, Kent, you're way off the beam. Now, wait a minute. How about the fact that the man who drove this hearse answers the description of the man who stopped Miss Lane's taxi cab the day she disappeared, Inspector? Hmm, yeah, you got a point there, Kent. Oh, this is the screwiest case I've ever seen. Uh, you're telling us. Well, come on. There's no more to be seen here. We'll go back to headquarters and see if anything turned up. Watch it. Watch it. There's glass all around here. Okay. Oh, be careful, Chief. Uh, stop treating me like a baby. Well, you seem to be yourself again. Ah. Okay. Here's my car. Get in, gentlemen. Hope they identified that driver, Kent. Just keep your fingers crossed. Close the door, will you, Kent? Okay. Maybe we can find out what we want at headquarters. Yes, Inspector? I'm in my office with Mr. White and Mr. Kent. I don't want to be disturbed. Detective Healy is calling from the criminal record room, sir. Okay, put him on my private wire. Healy, he may have something. Yes, Healy? What? Oh, I see. How about the driver? Uh-huh. Well, stay with it. Right. Any luck, Inspector? Yes, but it's bad. The license plate on the hearse was stolen, so we drew a blank there. No. What about the driver? Haven't been able to identify him. Then what are we going to do? Well, I think we'd better pay Mr. Grayson a visit and find out where he got those watches. Looks right. like our last hope. Let's go. If you think Mr. Grayson's mixed up in this, you're both crazy. He sent you the watches, didn't he? Yes, but 
Oh, you mean... We want to know where he got them. And if he knew about the radio receiver still into them, and one or two other things. Why doesn't someone answer the bell? Are we supposed to cool our heels out here forever? Oh, look, it's only six o'clock in the morning, Inspector. They're all probably a... Wait a minute, here comes someone. Yes? What is it? Oh, good morning, Thomas. Oh, it's you, Mr. White. And Mr. Kent. Hello. Who's he, Kent? Grayson's butler. Uh, Mr. Grayson up yet, Thomas? Mr. Grayson? Well, Mr. Grayson left for Europe quite suddenly. Le- Europe? Uh, left for Europe. Europe. Right, sir. He tried to phone you before he left, Mr. White, but you weren't at home at the office. Good God, Frank. Now we are in a pickle. Now, wait, maybe not. Uh, when did Mr. Grayson leave, Thomas? Last night, sir. At midnight. Uh-huh. How was he traveling? By flipper. He managed... Thanks. Uh, see you later, Chief. Inspector. No, no, wait. Where are you going, Kent? I uh, just thought of something. Something important. So long. Breaking into a run, Clark Kent vanishes around the corner, leaving Perry White and Inspector Henderson speechless and amazed. What did Kent suddenly think of? In a moment, we're going to learn what happened to Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane, so keep listening. But first, here again is your announcer. Say, gang, don't you miss out the way Rusty did a while ago. When you have a duplicate comic button to trade, you be sure to tell all your friends about it. For example, if you have two Orphan Annie comic buttons, but you don't have Smokey Stover or Harold Teen, let your pals know about it. And chances are someone will have a duplicate to swap with you. And then you're one more comic button on your way toward having all 18 in the series. You'll want them all, too, because they're so doggone smart-looking. Full comic strip colors, bright red and blue and black, on a clear white background. Look nifty when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And here's how easy it is to get these exciting prizes. Just ask Mom to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. Remember, you get these thrilling prizes only in packages of P-E-P. Pet, made by Kellogg's, the greatest name in cereals. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Our scene is a dingy warehouse, only a few miles from the Daily Planet building. Here, for almost 24 hours now, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen have been held in a locked room where almost constantly they hear the nerve-wracking meowing of a cat. Listen. There. There it is again, Jim. Sure, I know, Miss Lane. It's a cat. Yes, but where is it? Where? Why, I... I don't know. It sounded like it was in this room, didn't it? Well, you know it did, Jim. But... But there is no cat in this room. Oh, Jimmy, what's happening to me? Nothing. Nothing's happening. Yes, something is. First, I heard my my Siamese cat speak to me in a human voice. And then... I heard it, too, and and so did Mr. White. I don't believe it. I don't believe you. You're just saying it to, to try and make me feel better. No, I'm not. Mr. White and I did hear it. It's some kind of a trick, like Mr. Kent said. Why should anyone play a trick like that on it? I don't know, but I'm sure that's what it is. I told you what happened to me when I was with Mr. White in that deserted house last night. I fell through a hole in the floor or something, and somebody grabbed me. I couldn't see him in the dark, but but I felt him. That's how I know Mr. Kent is right, that it's a trick and not anything... Anything, well, spooky. But what happened to me? I was in a taxi cab in broad daylight going to Lucille Markham's house in Forest Heights. And and the next thing I knew, I was in a pitch-black room, and, and that same voice, the voice I heard coming from the cat, kept telling me what to say, to call for help. It said that Mr. White would hear me and help me. And I was so... Oh, the cat. 
Again. Do you hear it? Sure, but... You don't. You don't. Only I hear it. I know Now, please, Miss Lane, you've got to pull yourself together. You've just got to. I don't know what this is all about, but... But there's nothing wrong with you. But even as Jimmy makes a desperate attempt to console Lois and assure her that nothing is going to happen to them, in a room above the one in which the two Daily Planet reporters are being held, a plump, middle-aged, pasty-faced man smiles as he listens to Jimmy's voice coming to him over a dictograph. Pasty-faced individual reaches out and flips the switch of the dictograph, turning it off. Then, facing his companion, a younger man with tiny pig eyes, thick lips, and massive shoulders, he nods as though in satisfaction. Who are these two men, and why have they launched a campaign of fear and terror against Lois, Jimmy, and editor Perry White? What do they hope to gain? Well, you can be sure they'll gain nothing, because Superman is on their trail, and it won't be long now before the trail ends. Tomorrow, we approach the smashing climax of the mystery of the talking cat. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for tomorrow's exciting, thrill-packed episode in The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC publications. Say there, gang, have you heard? Kellogg's Variety is back. That's the grand ten-package assortment of six famous Kellogg cereals that makes breakfast so much fun. Why, it's like eating in a restaurant where you can choose from a whole list of your favorite cereals, each one in your own private package. And Mom's sure to be glad Kellogg's Variety is back. Show her how you can eat right out of the swell new Kell Bowl Pack. She'll like not having to wash dishes. So ask her to hurry and get Kellogg's Variety right away. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. <laughs>